You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So, um, I'm still not quite ready to do a podcast on some of the latest news that's coming out. I want to get get some of that organized a little bit. So, as a result, I think what I would like to do is continue on with our series and take a look this time at the Detroit Lions. I'm going to crack into the NFC North. I figure I'll start with the least exciting of the group. No offense to the Detroit Lions, but let's face it, nobody cares. I'm sure someday the day will come when the Lions will be good and we'll be legitimately worried about them. Probably won't happen as long as, you know, Matt Patricia is the head coach, as long as Stafford is the quarterback, although I don't think he's bad. It just seems to be one of those things where I don't anticipate them to get any better as long as he's there. When you look at the fact that they've had decent defenses and uh, really, really good offenses, in his tenure there, and they just can't seem to really do very much. They haven't won a Super Bowl, but they've gone 0-16, so they've been at least in the record books in some capacity. Anyways, I didn't mean to start off insulting right out of the gate. It just kind of happened. It's like improv, man. Every day's just like improv. I never know what's going to happen until it happens. Also, like improv, not usually very funny. Uh, Before we get into it, be sure to jump into the Facebook group. Packernet Podcast Facebook group is the name of the Facebook group. There's also a Packernet.com Facebook page, if you'd like to jump in there. Don't usually plug that, because I don't think we're super active in that. But it exists, and you can check it out. NFLBigBoard.com, as we get closer and closer to the draft. This week I will be updating it again, as per usual, like I do every week. Excited to get in and see what some of the changes are. I saw, what was it? John Ledyard said he's going to come out with his new big board, and I'm pretty excited about it because I'm excited because this is the time of year when everybody kind of says, you know what, I'm done saying what everybody else is saying, and I'm going to start saying what I want to say. And you start to see things really, you know, separate, things that seem crazy, and I I just appreciate it. I like when people are just honest, like, you know what, nobody's saying this, but I'm just going to say it. So, for example, here's his top five. Number one, Nick Bosa. Number two, Quinn Williams. Nothing really weird there. Je- number three, Jeffrey Simmons. I love that because I've been saying that. And if you want to know the truth, absolutely, I think Jeffrey Simmons is number three. Not that I've been doing this a lot, but basically after I get past Quinn Williams, I'm looking at it going, I don't think there is a number three outside of Jeffrey Simmons, that is. I already said I don't really care for. I shouldn't say I don't care for. I love Josh Allen when we were talking about him as like number 15-ish, possibly taking him at 12. I went back and watched a lot of his film. No way in the world am I taking him at three. I just don't get it, man. Absolutely don't get it. Not that high. I don't know if I like him better than Brian Burns. I don't know if I like him better than Ja'Kai Polite. He's much more versatile. I love him in coverage. But dude just, I don't know, gets manhandled too much, misses too many tackles. I mean, I've seen him get blocked up by tight ends. I just, I don't know. Anyways, number four, TJ Hawkinson. Number five, Jawan Taylor. Thank you, John Ledger, for uh, for doing what you do. By the way, even on Packers Twitter, you've got uh, uh, Zach Cruz came out and said he thinks Ja'Kai Polite is Clay Matthews. I 100% disagree with that, but another kind of 
bold statement, and I just like that stuff. Again, agree or disagree, it's nice, because sometimes you just, you get sick of seeing the same guys over and over and over, and everybody just regurgitates it, and I'm sitting there going, I don't understand it. Why, why is Cleveland Farrell this high? Why is this guy so high? Why is this guy so high? And then after a while, people start coming out and going, yeah, they're not really worth it. I think Jeffrey Simmons is better. It's like, thank you. I think Ben Solak actually came out and said Brian Burns was like the second or third best ahead of uh, Josh Allen. I was like, well, thank you. Finally, somebody's saying it. I think he said Burns was the second best pass rusher in the class. So again, it's just, it's just nice, and I appreciate it. And that's why I always think if, if you think something, just say it. It doesn't matter if it sounds dumb. I don't think it sounds dumb. I think what's dumb is regurgitating what everybody else says all the time. So for you draft folks out there, watch the tape. And if you like somebody, just say you like somebody. It was like a month and a half ago, I came out and I was like, why is nobody talking about Brian Burns? I think he's awesome. Guess what? He is awesome. Easily the fastest, most explosive guy. And if he can still do what he's doing, and reports are he's about 250 pounds right now, I'm taking him over everybody. And I'd be shocked if he falls to uh, to pick 12. I'm just saying, man. Again, I don't, even, I don't even know how I got here right now. But just go watch Brian Burns and go watch Josh Allen. And you explain to me why Josh Allen is a better pass rusher. Because I don't see it. Explosion, bend, speed. It's all Burns, man. Anyways, whatever. Hi, how are you doing? Today we're talking about the Lions. I don't know if you knew that. Oh yeah, NFLBigBoard.com. Also, speaking of the draft... If you haven't yet, and if you are a YouTube-ish type person, I just published um, Mock Draft 4.0. This one's a little bit different, and it was a lot of fun. Um, basically, it was the guys in my Mock Draft Facebook group got together and did a two-round Mock Draft. I partnered up with Mark Jarvis, who is a uh, Twitter draft fella. And essentially what we did is we let other people make the picks, and we just kind of did like a, a, a faux mock or faux NFL draft. In other words, we treated it like we were the commentators as a live draft was going on. It was a lot of fun. It's a long one, so make sure you got a little bit of time. It's like an hour and a half long. But it was it was a lot of fun, and um, he's a really smart guy. Believe it or not, he, he did not have – I didn't tell him ahead of time what the picks were. Everything that he said, there was no editing. I mean, I did a little bit of editing in dead air and some of the ums. But otherwise, all that was just off the top of his head. So be sure to check that out. Uh, Pack Daddy NFL is my YouTube channel. Be sure to head over there and subscribe if you wouldn't mind. Otherwise, finally, text or call any questions that you might have to 608-501-0718. If you'd like to uh, hit me up for the What Grinds My Gears, which nobody's done for quite a while. I'm getting lonely over here. Nobody has opinions. You guys are Packer fans. You don't have any opinions on the free agency, the draft, what we're going to do this year. You got nothing? Come on, man. Something, something's just boiling under. Let me have it. 608-501-0718. Text or call. Once again, it's just a Google Voice thing. It's not my real number. I'm not going to pick up, and it's not going to be an awkward thing like, dude, I'm in the middle of dinner. Why are you calling me? It just go straight to voicemail. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. 
And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So let's take a look-see here. As it stands, the Detroit Lions have $35.968 million. Now, usually what I do is start looking at, okay, how can they get more money? But when you got $40 million bucks, or excuse me, $36 million, that probably doesn't need to be the priority. We'll, we'll keep looking. Maybe they got a bunch of stuff that they need to do as far as re-signings and whatnot. That brings us pretty low so that we have to find somebody to cut. But until we get that 40 down to zero, I'm not super worried about it. So first of all, the Detroit Lions do have nine draft picks, and they're drafting relatively high. They have the eighth overall pick. They also have Philly's third-round pick, New England's sixth-round pick, and Pittsburgh's seventh-round pick. The reason that's relevant is because the higher you draft and the more picks you have, the more expensive your draft picks are going to be to sign. As it stands at this particular moment, the Lions are looking at spending about $8.5 million to sign all their draft picks. So that'll bring them down, I don't know, 28-ish. And it's really not even that much, if you think about it. When you factor in the top 51, granted, all the draft picks are going to be in the top 51. However, if you put nine guys in, you also have to subtract nine guys out. So if you figure half a million, we're talking half a million times nine, four and a half million added back on. So it's maybe a $4 million hit. I don't know. They're, they're in, a, in and around $30 million. But let's start off with the free agents that they're looking at right now. First of all, Matt Castle. The guy's 36 years old. He's not a very good quarterback. They have Connor Cook, although Connor Cook isn't all that great himself. It's still, you've got youth there, and I can't imagine he's going to be much worse than Matt Castle. And in fact, if you look at a lot of the free agents so far, Ezekiel Ansah, he's going to be gone. Glover Quinn, they've already moved on from. Luke Wilson is the next highest paid guy uh, that's a free agent. I'm guessing they're not going to resign him. I don't know that, but there's already been a statement by the Detroit Lions that uh, tight end is going to be one of their biggest uh, things they're looking for in free agency meaning Luke Wilson's probably not going to be the guy. I just get the impression that they're not going to be afraid to refuse to re-sign most of these guys because they want to make a push. That's the feeling I'm getting. They got a bunch of draft picks. They got a decent amount of cap space. I think they're going to let some of these guys go. These guys that are, you know, Ezekiel Ansah, who, yeah, he's relatively talented, but he's never really been a big impact guy, mostly because of injuries. Glover Quinn, kind of the same thing. Big name. He's, he's, good at times but it's sort of like I've been saying with the Packers enough is enough with these mediocre guys we're not given big contracts I mean Ezekiel Ansah was averaging 17 million dollars a year goodbye that's easy Glover Quinn even at, at six and a half considering what safeties are worth I just I, no get rid of Glover Quinn and go after hate to say it but yeah like the Earl Thomases how horrible would that be if the Lions got Earl Thomas I don't think the Vikings or Bears are going to because they kind of got that figured out but the Lions absolutely could and oh, would that just be the worst. 
But anyways, uh, other free agents outside of Luke Wilson, also uh, Levine Toilolo, which leaves them with not a lot of bodies. Maybe they bring somebody back, but if I had to guess, considering uh, how poor Luke Wilson was, how bad he was. And the Lions are almost kind of like the, the Packers as far as tight ends. They can get all these guys, but they can't seem to do anything. I mean, they drafted... Correction. They traded up to draft Eric Ebron, who was considered just this absolute freak among freaks, you know, once-in-a-lifetime, once-in-a-generation type tight ends, and the guy was garbage. And then after like five years, he goes to another team, and oh, look, he's really good. Luke Wilson was never really elite. He was never all that great, but he was kind of decent. Came over from Seattle. He goes to the Detroit, and he's just not good at all. But whatever. If I had to guess, they're going to get rid of Luke Wilson, maybe keep Toy Lolo, because he actually was better than Luke Wilson. Plus, he's going to be really cheap, and then go out in free agency and address it. So we got Toilolo, who's kind of our low-talent, backup-depth guy that we don't have to pay a lot of money to, and then we're going to get rid of Luke Wilson. That would be my guess as far as what they're going to do. The other option would be to just get rid of both of them and see how it goes. Um, fullback Nick Ballore is a free agent. Don't know, don't care. LeGarrette Blunt and Zach Zenner are both free agents. I don't really expect Blunt to be re-signed, although he might be. I mean, he's an old running back. He's looking at about, what, $2 bucks a year? But at 33, going on 34 years old, when you've got your running back of the future on top of Theo Riddick, and you've already put the, um, you've already re-signed Kerwin Williams and Mark Thompson. And by the way, they, they already re-signed uh, Connor Cook, or re-signed or signed, I don't know, whatever. They, they actually signed, signed. So basically what the Lions did, just kind of to backtrack a little bit, what they did was signed Connor Cook. He wasn't already on the team. So they went out and got him. They signed him to a future-slash-reserve contract, whatever, basically locking him up on the team, which doesn't bode well for their free agent, and the same goes for running back. Just as a peek into what they're going to be doing in the future, they went out and signed Kerwin Williams and Mark Thompson. So you've got Kerryon Johnson, who's your top guy. you got Theo Riddick, who's your sort of receiving back. Then you go out and get Kerwin Williams and Mark Thompson as depth. I just don't think LeGarrette Blunt or Zach Zender, for that matter, serve any purpose other than to cost more money than we anticipate. And again, as I'm looking at this, this feels like a team that's saying, we're cutting the dead weight, we're starting over, we're getting some serious prospects. And really, all the, all the big name, big money guys are already gone. We're, you know, again, LeGarrette Blunt, we're talking about, what, two million bucks? Another guy that is a free agent is TJ Jones. I really don't anticipate him being re-signed. There was like a flash where it seemed like he was going to be something special. But with Kenny Galladay really emerging, Marvin Jones is still a good receiver. Bruce Ellington is somewhat talented. And they got a bunch of names that could serve as, as backups. Brandon Powell and Andy Jones were average this year. TJ Jones was w the worst graded receiver on this team. And again, I'm not spending money, if I'm the Lions, on anybody that I don't have to. Marvin Jones and Bruce Ellington were on IR last year. But you bring those two guys back with Kenny Galladay, it's a good wide receiver group. Especially if, like they said, we're going to prioritize tight end. Suddenly we have Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Bruce Ellington, and a tight end. Not that I really trust them to be able to do anything with a tight end, but I'm just saying. So I would expect TJ Jones to be gone if he isn't already. I haven't seen it. Otherwise, the only other guy that is a free agent is uh, guard Andrew Donal. Again, no real reason to keep him. The one thing that I do find interesting, though, if you look at the undrafted free agents in 2020... Taylor Decker, Joe Dahl, Graham Glasgow, Kenny Wiggins, TJ Lang. That's five offensive linemen. Tyrell Crosby, Frank Ragnow, Leo Koloa Matangi, and Rick Wagner. That's four that are not, that, basically that's four that are left. If you look at the one free agent this year, the five free agents next year, there are four left. 
So the only reason I bring that up is not only, number one, do the Lions have to kind of worry about that for next year, meaning they're probably going to have to invest in the draft for offensive line because there is a pending doom coming to your offensive line. But you also have to allocate money to this, meaning it, it could possibly be that maybe some of this money they're saving isn't to necessarily go all in this year. Maybe it's half half in this year. Maybe we're looking to do something like extend Taylor Decker this year, right? I mean, if we're going to be prudent and we're actually going to care about the future of this team, we got to do stuff like that. If we have money this year and we know next year is going to be a massive hit uh, to our team with the offensive line in particular, and we've got a decent offensive line, we need to protect that. Yes, we're going to invest in the draft and hopefully be able to do some stuff, but I want to extend Taylor Decker, even if it's just for like two years. So let's use some of that money and let's, you know, can spread it out a little bit. Maybe take on a little extra money this year so that next year we're we're freeing up a little bit of space. Because not only is, is Matt Stafford expensive this year, next year he's looking at $31.5 million. I mean, that takes that takes its toll, man. And the fact of the matter is, and the Packers are about to come into the same problem. Because Aaron Rodgers' price is going to be going through the roof the next few years. You're going to need extra money just to be able to afford your quarterback, basically. But anyways, that's going to be something to keep an eye on because either they're, like I said, prudent and intelligent and try to do something with this offensive line, re-sign some of their guys, spend some of that money, meaning we're not going all, all in this year on free agents to try to just ruin the Packers' chances by, you know, going out and getting a bunch of free agents. We're actually going to be intelligent. Then, well, if, if they're intelligent, it's going to hurt them this year. If they're smart, I mean, if <laughs> if they're not intelligent, they spend all their money, then next year we're looking at basically they're going to purge a bunch of their uh, offensive linemen. At a year in which um, their quarterback salary goes up, they suddenly have a bunch of offensive linemen, and they have to cut a bunch of them because, you know, we spent all our money last year. Anyways, flipping over to the defense now. So offense, I, I don't know that they keep any of them, to be completely honest. Again, maybe Toilolo just for depth. Maybe Belor their fullback. But Blunt, Zenner, Castle, TJ Jones, Andrew Donal, Donal, whatever. As far as I'm concerned, they're all gone. Uh, looking at defensive ends now, uh, Romeo Arqua, excuse me, Romeo Okwara, Ricky Jean Francois, and Ezekiel Ansa. Well, Ezekiel Ansa is the only one that's any good. And he's gone. Uh, Ricky Jean Francois is decently talented as far as an interior defender goes, but they've got Snacks Harrison, Ashawn Robinson, and Deshaun Hand, who are. I mean, why do they even. I don't understand. There isn't a better defensive line right now, at least insofar as run defense goes, than the Detroit Lions. Damon Snacks Harrison is probably the best run defense, uh, run stuffing defensive lineman. Ashawn Robinson might be the second best. And Deshaun Hand is borderline elite. He's their best pass rusher and a very, very good run defender. They have basically three guys that are right on that elite line. Damon Harrison is is well into the elite category. I think he's graded as the number three overall defensive tackle in the NFL. So Ricky Jean is probably gone. Ezekiel Ansah, we already know, is gone. And Okwara, I don't really see any super big benefit in keeping him other than depth. But you got Kennard, you got Lee, you got Wynn, you got uh, Luan, you got Eli Harold. And there's almost no chance in the world they don't invest in a defensive or an edge rusher, probably with pick eight and maybe somewhere else. Get a guy like Cleveland Furl, possibly Brian Burns. I know he seems like a smaller outside linebacker type, but uh, when I talk with Mark Jarvis, he had said if he can pack on a little bit of muscle, he would be better, uh, especially with his explosion with his hand in the dirt as a defensive end. So Burns could be an option for him. In other words, I don't think they keep any of these guys either. 
I mean, and listen, they got a new head coach. They he tried to just come in and make it work with what they had, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is just a massive purge, and then we go out in free agency and we get guys that fit the new, the new system, the new scheme, the new philosophies. You go out and fix the offense, and again, similar to what I say with the Packers, enough with the mediocre nonsense. Let's go get some players. Um, Eli Harold is a f- f- outside linebacker. Again, not very good, and they signed Garrett Dooley. So as far as depth goes and linebackers go, uh, Devin Kennard, Christian Jones, Jalen Reeves-Mabin, Steve Longa, uh, Jared Davis, Trevor Bates, Trey Williams. The two linebackers they have that are free agents are Eli Harold and Calvin Shepard. Neither of them are any good. So do what you got to do, I guess. Finally, Deshaun Shedd and Marcus Cooper. Uh, Shedd splits his time between cornerback and safety. He's not good, so probably gone. Marcus Cooper they might hang on to only because he was graded as elite last year, but it was on 39 total snaps, meaning it was super limited sample size. He's never been all that good. It's possible they cut him, but you look at the flash that he had, it might be one of those things where it's like, well, we can sign somebody. Let's see if there was anything to that. So anyways, um, they're probably going to have about $30 million in cap. I don't see hardly anybody, especially big money guys that are coming back. The big money guys are almost assuredly not coming back. But um, I suppose we will look at some potential people that are on the roster that they could cut only because, again, if we want to cut some of the dead weight and look at, um, you know, legitimately going out and getting some big name people, how could we go about doing that, right? Especially some of these top end pass routes. You look at a guy like, for example, Trey Flowers from the New England Patriots, who's very, very talented, and he's, he's a good fit for what the Detroit Lions do. You want to pay for a guy like that? And let's not forget the connection between Patricia and the Patriots, and Trey Flowers. So you want to offer up a $17, $18, $19 million contract, $20 million contract to a guy like Trey Flowers, we got to find a little bit of extra room. One option, and it seems relatively unlikely, but not entirely, would be TJ Lang. TJ Lang. Now, TJ Lang is a talented guard, so I would imagine they're going to hang on to him, but they did draft Frank Ragnow. If they feel that Joe Dahl or Kenny Wiggins can handle that responsibility at right guard, or let's say they draft somebody, whatever... T.J. Lang can free up almost $9 million. That's a lot. I mean, it's hard to get rid of T.J. Lang because he's talented, but you get rid of him now when he's talented. And by the way, if you trade him, you not only free up that almost $9 million, but you can get some compensation for him. It would be kind of a risky move, but again, you got to assess the guys that you have and, and try to decide if you can manage without him or not. He ended the year on IR last year, meaning it could be hard to trade him because I don't know if anybody wants to pay him $9 million, but maybe they cut him. Another option would be uh, Damon Harrison, Snacks Harrison. I know I just said that uh, he's one of the best out there. However, I also mentioned they're kind of stacked. I mean, between Ashawn Robinson and Deshaun Hand, they've got still one of the best interior defensive lines. It's a strong defensive line class. So, I mean, if you're insistent on having three, I mean, I, I guess. But I, I just don't see how you need Damon Harrison. Ashawn Robinson is nearly as good of a run defender. He's younger. And again, Deshaun Hand is going to be your better pass rusher, but he's also really good against the run. You just don't need Damon Harrison. You don't need to be paying him all that much money. And you can absolutely trade this guy for some pretty serious value. So you trade away Damon Harrison, and you're freeing up uh, $7 million. That's probably a move I'm going to make. I mean, I like Damon Harrison, but why? Whatever. Why? Why? So I can put Ashawn Robinson, who's one of the most talented and young defensive tackles, I can sit him on the bench? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, Nevin Lawson is an option at 4.6. I'm not sure how much you can get for him in a trade. 
The only reason that would be kind of tough for the Lions is because they don't have a lot of talent and they don't have a huge amount of depth, so you kind of need Nevin Lawson, but he's not very good. So that becomes a little bit problematic. But definitely some options. Again, we're looking at 30 million bucks, probably not re-signing a bunch of guys. There's definitely a couple here that we can move on from. At the very least, I think Damon Harrison makes sense. That'll give you almost all the way up to 40. You're looking at 45-ish if you get rid of TJ Lang also, although that's a little bit more risky. So yeah, I, I would expect uh, the Detroit Lions to be in heavy competition with the Packers and with everyone else technically. But with other teams trying to go heavy into the free agency market, I think they're going to be one of them. And we already know they said they're going heavy after tight end, so hopefully that's where they're going to uh, use up a lot of their money. And hopefully they're going to be re-signing a lot of people, and I'm wrong. That's going to be something to keep an eye on. If they start re-signing everybody and start do it, you know, dwindling their cap space, that's going to help us as well. Because again, number one, you got to re-sign your draft. Your you got to sign your draft picks. Number two, you remember you got to focus on next year as well. So you don't want to spend all your money because you're going to lose your offensive lineman. And then number three, they're going to be signing a tight end probably at some point. So that kind of dwindles it down enough that we don't have to super worry especially when they have bigger needs. If they're going to go real big after somebody, it's probably going to be a defensive end, and it's going to be somebody that wouldn't really fit our system either anyways because they have run a different kind of scheme than we do. They're looking for different guys than we are. So that's sort of the outlook for them. And I think once free agency kind of concludes and we start looking back and I go over these teams in free agency and where they're at, uh, another thing I want to look at at that point is the draft. So once that kind of wraps up, then we start looking at the draft and say, okay, here's their holes, here's what we can expect. And it's going to help us a lot as far as looking at the Packers in the draft because now that we have a better idea of what the needs are of the teams in front of us, it'll help us a little bit in determining which players are going to be left over. But at this point, a little premature. I know edge rush is one of their biggest needs. Secondary is also a pretty big need. But uh, we'll see what they do in free agency first. Looking over their roster, uh, they do have Matt Stafford. As we all know, he's a, he's a mediocre quarterback. He's the same guy he's kind of always been. He's dangerous enough that, you know, if he's having a good day, he could kind of tear you up. But um, yeah, he's he's kind of just he's he's not declining. I don't think he's just he's just good, man. He's middle of the road, usually above average. He he graded out as the 17th best quarterback, so slightly below this past year. Definitely not worth 31 million dollars. So um, kind of awesome when teams lock up subpar. I mean, look, it, it's tough for any team to pay that much. But if you're gonna pay that much, it better be to somebody like Rodgers. You just don't pay Matt Stafford's that much money, man. You just don't do it. But anyways, Matt Stafford is the guy we're going to be going up against. We already know how that turns out. Um, big thing with this team is going to be depth at wide receiver. It's something that, um, you know, I've been talking about our cornerbacks and the need there, but this is going to be a big one because, as I've said, Kenny Galladay, very good wide receiver. Marvin Jones, pretty talented. Bruce Ellington. Actually, you know what? I lied. Bruce Ellington's already gone. He's a free agent. They already cut him. So he's not, it's not that much depth. They got their two guys. But still, number one and number two. So another situation where getting that number two is going to be helpful. Looking at running backs, on Johnson, pretty talented guy. Um, actually a better receiver than a runner as far as his grade went for pro football focus last year. Still a good runner, but um, his receiving grade was pretty solid. Also a pretty good pass blocker. So just all the way around, he doesn't need to come off the field whatsoever. Uh, Theo Riddick is there. Uh, another really good pass blocker. Actually, all these guys. LeGarrette Blunt, who I don't know if he's going to be there, also a very good pass blocker. But Carrion's going to be somewhat problematic. Very good running back. And as I mentioned before, also this... this So comparing it to the Giants that we talked about yesterday, 
Um, they've got one more. They've got a better quarterback. They've got one more wide receiver than the Giants have that we have to worry about. Um, they've got a better running. Oh, no, they don't have a better running back. But they also have a good running back. But the offensive line is going to be a little bit better. Uh, tight end, as of right now, is not a problem. But as I said, they did say they're going to go heavy after a free agent tight end. So that's probably going to be something that we're going to have to worry about. Offensive line, as of right now, uh, Ricky Wagner and Taylor Decker are decent tackles. They're not unbeatable, but they're decent. Right? They're, they're starter caliber. They're not uh, a liability. Uh, at guard, TJ Lang and Frank Ragnow. Uh, Ragnow struggled a little bit in his rookie year. I mentioned how these, these early guys that are super highly touted don't usually pan out. And again, we're seeing that Frank Ragnow was barely graded out as average. But we'll see if there's any growth there. And then TJ Lang at right guard. And then at center, Graham Glasgow is a pretty talented guy. So, so nobody's super elite. They're all just kind of pretty good. Decker, Wagner, and Lang and Glasgow are all pretty good. Ragnow is mediocre, but uh, with a little bit of upside because he's a young guy. Interior, I mentioned, is just absolutely dominant. Desha- uh, Deshaun Hand is the one guy we're going to have to worry about as far as getting penetration. But uh, trying to run the ball against Snacks, Harrison, Ashawn Robinson, and even Deshaun Hand is going to be really, really, really challenging. I know there's an edge, and you can try to run around all the time, but um, I think ideally if you're running the ball, you're going to try to get up the middle, and it's just going to be really hard against this this interior. We'll see if they end up moving on from Damon. It was kind of a it's a long shot thing because I don't understand why you need him, but uh, either way, man, especially in like running down situations, they just have Damon Harrison and Ashawn Robinson, and it's got to be the most difficult defensive tackle duo to run against. Um, off the edge, they don't have anybody right now. It's going to be a big need for them to have to address. We'll see what they do in free agency and the draft. I would expect them to at least take care of something in the draft, uh, if not kind of go both directions with draft and free agency. Linebackers, they just don't really have anybody that's any good. It's uh, one of the reasons why I think Devin White is an option, even though Lions fans absolutely flip out because they need edge so bad. It's kind of the same thing with the Packers, except imagine we didn't have Blake Martinez. And then I said, let's get Devin White, and everybody freaked out like, we need an edge rusher! That's pretty much how Lions fans are about that issue. Uh, looking at cornerbacks, Darius Slay is pretty talented. Other than that, they don't really have anybody. Darius Slay, by the way, is is way overhyped. I know um, I also mocked a cornerback to the Detroit Lions at one point, and they're like, are you crazy? We got Darius Slay, and of course Darius Slay's got the biggest mouth of anybody. He's talking about how he's locking down everybody and all this. No, you're not, man. He's graded as the 23rd best corner in the NFL. So he's good. He's definitely talented. But, I mean, he's not like a top 10, top 5 super lockdown guy. right? He's, he's low-end starter caliber. right? Again, if we're, we're talking the top 32 guys are starters, 23rd is, is getting kind of close to that 32. So we're talking low-end starting caliber. But, again, beyond that, they don't really have very much. Uh, Nevin Lawson is the only guy that's even mediocre. He's a guy that I said they could maybe move on from, but he graded out as the 98th best. So you kind of get what I'm talking about, where you don't want to pay to keep him. You wouldn't mind cutting him to try to get a little bit of extra money, but then you're just left with absolute trash. Safeties, they've already gotten rid of Glover Quinn. Uh, they have Quandre Diggs, uh, Tavon Wilson, and then Tracy Walker is kind of interesting. He played 269 snaps, which isn't a huge amount, but it was enough to give him a grade. He graded out as uh, elite. So very small sample size, but he came in and just played lights out. So it's something to kind of keep an eye on with Tracy Walker and what's going on there. Hopefully it's just kind of a fluke, but a little bit worrisome. Overall, though, I would assume at best they've got mediocre safety. So the defense in general is just not good outside of their two 
uh, or three, I guess, talented defensive tackles. They just don't have very much. So that's kind of where I want to start as far as um, looking at how to attack the Lions as they stand now, because that's the easier question. So obviously running the ball is going to be kind of complicated. However, again, depending on the strong safety, when you have a team that does not have defensive ends, you do not have linebackers, you might not have anybody at strong safety. The ability to run shouldn't be all that hard. I mean, just just looking at last year, they were 16th in yards per attempt allowed. So they were actually technically dead average. And that's, again, what happens when, yeah, you've got some talented defensive tackles, but literally nobody else. I mean, they can't cover the entire field. Another thing that's problematic for them is they're not usually going to get a lot of help because they have to focus their energies against the pass because they don't have anybody that's talented. So, in other words, you're playing a lot of nickel because you kind of have to because your cornerbacks and your safeties and your linebackers are not very good in coverage, with the exception of Darius Slay, who, yeah, has some talent. But I don't see a huge, huge issue here. Again, I'm going to harp on the same thing I've been saying. As it stands right now, it's just kind of an even matchup. All right, Devontae and Slay, obviously Devontae's better, but it's still a fairly good matchup. Slay's going to be able to hold it down to some degree. They don't have good linebackers, but we don't have any good tight ends or really any good receiving backs, despite Packer fans refusing to admit that. Um, they don't have a good second or third cornerback, but we don't have a good second or third wide receiver. So somebody on the Packers is going to have to step up. A tight end is going to have to step up. A wide receiver is going to have to step up. We're going to have to draft one, sign one, something. We need to have that number two. Because if we've got a legitimate number two, whether it's a super elite Antonio Brown type guy or we draft a guy early that's really good, or just somebody that's good, that's going to make a huge difference. Because if they're seriously going to trot out Mike Ford as their, uh, as their boundary corner or tease Tabor, it's, it's, lights, it's game over. It's beyond lights out. This is going to be just candy from a baby territory. And again, with the Packers focusing more on the run against a team that's not even all that great against the run, despite having a couple of good defensive tackles, we'll see what they do in the draft and free agency, but I expect the Packers to be able to run the ball relatively effectively. But again, throwing the ball is going to be the most important thing, and in order to do that, we need to have at least one more guy. Ideally, we have three that are talented. Because again, as it stands, let me just run through this real quick. Devontae Adams was graded as the eighth best uh, wide receiver in the NFL. Our second best wide receiver was Equinemius St. Brown. He graded out as the 75th best wide receiver. In other words, a mediocre number three. We don't have a number two. So Equinemius, Marquez, Randall if he stays around, Geronimo, Jamon, uh, Kumaro, Lazard, whoever... Somebody has to step up and be a number two. I know a lot of Packers, and the reason I harp on this too is a lot of Packer fans are saying, yeah, but that's not our priority. We have wide receivers. Listen, the, the easiest way to upgrade this team to go from struggling every single week to being kind of unstoppable every week is just a number two wide receiver. A lot of teams have cornerbacks that can handle Devontae Adams, at least to some degree. Not enough teams have two cornerbacks that can handle two kind of Devontae at two basically starting wide receivers that creates a lot more problems so I would like to see somebody step up that could be a top 32 if nothing else you have to be a top 64 a a legitimate number two wide receiver we don't have that we have one guy that graded as a number three and Marquez Valdez Scantling was 103rd Randall Cobb was 108th that's our wide receiving group 
And again, these are late round guys. I don't have any expectations. Oh, don't worry about it. They're super going to step up. Why do we assume that? We got to find a, we got to make sure. We have to make sure we have somebody else. Because again, we're going to make short work of this. We're, it's, we're just going to move down the field like it's nothing. If we can get a tight end that can be at least somewhat de- decently talented and at least one more wide receiver, ideally two, that are, you know, maybe top 64-ish, top 50 guys, it's going to make a massive, massive difference for this team. Other than that, as it stands right now, they don't have a whole lot that they can do in order to uh, get after Aaron Rodgers. Again, we'll have to see what happens with uh, um, the draft and free agency, but also the Packers get a draft and free agency too. So anybody they get off the edge, first of all, if they get somebody off the edge, we still have Bakhtiari. If they get somebody off the other side, we've probably still got Balaga. So the interior is the only issue, but there's a good chance, I would assume, we're going to be satisfying some of those needs and upgrading our at least right guard position. Uh, flipping it over, it gets to be a little bit more complicated again because of the fact that they have two wide receivers, which again, like I said with the Packers, having two creates a lot more problems than a team that just has one. If they just had one, I would say, let's just hope Jair has a good day. They have two. We don't have two cornerbacks. So, you know, I'm getting a little repetitive here, but what we need is growth at cornerback. As far as the defense is concerned, that's one of the biggest things that we can do to improve this defense is make sure that our secondary coach, cornerback coach, you know, uh, passing game coach, press man coverage coach, whatever coaches we decide to hire that overlap at cornerback, tall and skinny, flip your hip style coach, we got to make sure that these guys can grow the guys that we have. Because enough is enough with with wanting to draft more people. Josh Jackson should be better. And by the way, this morning I woke up and somebody asked about uh, Greedy Williams and said, uh, do you think there's a comp between him and Kevin King? John Ledger's answer is he's way better than Kevin King. I never understood the Kevin King hype. Not right now, dance party. This is serious. In other words, shoot. (laughs) In his opinion, it was just a bad draft pick because Kevin King just was never really that good. And coincidentally, that's exactly what I thought of Kevin King when we drafted him. Again, there were a lot of guys that I liked in that cornerback class. Kevin King was not one of them. But I just assumed I was wrong. In Ted, we trust. He knows what he's doing. Two two terrible years of cornerback play from him later, you get John Ledger going, yeah, I don't think he was ever really any good to begin with. And you stack up all the injuries, and it's like, man, this is not good. But who knows? Maybe Kevin King will be good in his third year and be healthy for a half a day or something. But we got to have a number two. Otherwise, you, you know, and the problem is we start. what we're talking about is, is this a Super Bowl caliber team? It's going to be hard to be a Super Bowl caliber team if teams can just throw on you all day long. I mean, that's that's 2019 NFL 101. If you don't have corners or safeties or linebackers that can cover, basically you can't cover the pass, and all I need is a number two wide receiver and or just a really good number one because Jair is, you know, as talented as he was, unless he grows, we're talking about a pretty mediocre number one. I know Packer fans don't want to hear that either, and a lot of it had to do with him playing worse as the year went on, but he was graded as the 30th best cornerback. So just barely in the top 32. So the idea that he's going to just come in and shut down everybody, he's not there yet. Maybe you'll get there. He's not there yet. So that's going to be important. And then beyond that, obviously, their ability to run the ball with their offensive line up against our defensive line is going to largely depend on number one again, trying to get a strong safety, solidifying this linebacker group. I personally would like to bring back Jake Ryan. It's, it's an easy, low-cost way to just have a 
you know, I know I say I don't really want mediocre, but I think for a linebacker, when we have Martinez, I'm okay with mediocre, especially since Martinez really shined as a coverage linebacker. If we can get Jake Ryan back in here, I'm okay with that duo. We don't need to do anything crazy. I don't need Devin White. Just give me Jake Ryan. I'm fine with it. So Jake Ryan, Martinez, give me my strong safety. We have talented defensive tackles. You know, get a couple outside linebackers. We'll be all right. But it's, it's, it's going to be tough. And it really, the only the only hesitation I have with us beating the Detroit Lions twice this next year is our defense. I think there's no excuse for our offense not being able to take their defense on. And again, we'll see what happens in free agency in the draft. But at this particular point in time, their defense is a joke. And if our offense can't just steamroll the Detroit Lions defense, I have very little expectations for the Green Bay Packers in 2019. That They should make short work of the Detroit Lions defense, no problem whatsoever. And again, if they can't, we're, we're kind of in the same boat of, well, let's see if we can sneak into the playoffs. The bigger issue is going to be our defense against their offense. And again, if, if we can just get the coaching and get a couple pieces, you know, give me the safeties in the free agency in the draft, develop the corners, and get one or two edge rushers. In other words, one really good one, maybe another one for depth. Who knows, maybe we'll triple down on edge rusher because it's just one of those years. That, that should be enough. But, I mean, they have to be hits. you got to hit on the, the draft pick at strong safety. you got to hit on the free agent. Hopefully, the, you know, if it's Earl Thomas or whoever, he ends up being still quality. And you got to hit on the edge rushing uh, draft picks. But assuming those are hits and we get the development, this can be a very good defense. And there's no problem whatsoever with the Detroit Lions because, again, Stafford is mediocre. Uh, their wide receiving group is they've got two pretty decent guys, but we're, we're not exactly talking about... Uh, you know, Julio Jones here. So anyways, that's the Detroit Lions. I, my, my one big takeaway here, and we'll see how it goes, is I expect there to be a pretty heated competition between the Packers and the Lions because I, I get the feeling both teams are saying enough is enough. They're letting most of their free agent guys go. They're trying to stack up their money. They've got s- comparable amounts of money, and the anticipation is they're going to be fighting for free agents and there could be some overlap i don't think the packers want tight end and again if if they're both looking for edge rusher but they're probably different guys but you look at things like safety it could be a little bit heated as far as um who gets who and what and where and how but as it stands i i would i would have to say the packers are currently a better team but um i mean the, the, the packers aren't good i'll just say that i mean aaron Rodgers is a good quarterback we have a good tackle we have a good wide receiver We've got at least one starting caliber cornerback. We've got some good defensive tackles, but I mean, what else do we have? We don't have other good wide receivers. We don't have a good tight end. We've got a good running back who has injury issues. We don't have good guards. We don't have edge rushers. We don't have any other corners. We don't have safeties. We don't have linebackers. I mean, what do you want me to say? <laughs> a lot has to be done this offseason. That's all there is to it. And again, the biggest thing is growth from within. Grow the wide receivers we have, grow the cornerbacks, go heavy into free agency, and then hit on these draft picks. Gutekunst did not have a full offseason last year to, to get his full scouting staff together and to spend all his full energy as a GM. He's had since day one, since his last draft ended, they started this process of looking into the 2019 draft. This is his first real opportunity to prove that the staff that he assembled and his 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 way of handling that situation as a GM is fully going to materialize. We've got an early round pick. We've got a pick 30. We've got another early pick in the second round. There's a lot of opportunity here. If he can just hit on those three picks, 
the opportunity to really do some serious damage is is astronomical. And then, of course, there's still third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round where there's occasionally you really hit on somebody. So optimistic, but realistic. We we've gotta we've got to really start taking this seriously because the Packers are down to bare bones. There's not much left that you can look at and say this team is top tier. And I don't think you're going to find a lot of non-Packer fans who are saying Packers are going to be in the Super Bowl this year. And that's for good reason. So we need a big offseason. That's all there is to it. Anyways, you folks, enjoy your Tuesday. It's the worst day of the week. My phone says it's freezing, so I'm not happy. But anyways, you folks, enjoy your day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.